0: Those final moments of anyone's life are poignant. When you have that moment with a loved one or a friend, and you have those final words, there's something powerful about that. There's something special about that moment. And for the last year, that moment has been taken from a lot of families, they couldn't be with their loved one as they passed because of the pandemic, but uh, they still think of those final moments that they had with someone. We all do. I think of my final moments with my mom. and even though words couldn't be expressed, just that time together was so special. When we have somebody who dies and we weren't with them at the end, immediately our mind goes to what was the last thing they said to me? When was the last time I Saw them. What was the last thing that we did together? Those moments, those final moments, are so important. Jesus is going to talk about those final moments in John 14, 15, 16, and 17. If you have Bibles where Jesus' words are in red, you'll notice that each one of those chapters, all the words are red because Jesus is talking to his disciples. These are his final words that John records for us. John is sitting so close to Jesus at the Last Supper, he could just put his head on Jesus' shoulder. And so John records for us these last words of Jesus. Now what's interesting is John didn't know these were going to be the last words of Jesus. None of the disciples understood what was about to happen, but Jesus did. He knew what was coming. He knew the cross was just right in front of him. And so because of that, he shares with his disciples some very important words. And that's why he takes four chapters to say, here's my heart for you. So that when something bad happened, they could go back to that last moment with Jesus and and remember what he said. And he wasn't just talking to the disciples in John 14, 15, 16, and 17. He was talking to you. He was talking to me. He was talking to to his followers. And he says, this is what I want you to know. And so Jesus is going to talk to each of us today. John chapter 14, beginning of verse 1, says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Jesus is facing the horrors of the cross. And he's still thinking about other people. That's what amazes me. Jesus wasn't thinking about himself. He was thinking about his disciples, and he knew what they were going to see, and he says, don't let this throw you. You're going to to experience something tomorrow that you never thought you'd see, but don't let it throw you. Trust me. Believe in me. Have faith. Trust me. You can trust me is what Jesus is saying, and we've had many opportunities this last year, right, to trust God, we live through a pandemic. We've experienced loss and death and grief and fear. And so my question is, where are you placing your faith today? Where are you placing your hope today? See, Jesus is inviting us in his word. You can trust me. No matter what you face, no matter what's going to happen, no matter, you don't know what it might look like, but I do. And so have faith. You can trust Me. Jesus then just says to his disciples, There's plenty of room for you in my Father's house. If it weren't so, would I have told you that I'm on my way to get a room ready for you? And if I'm on my way to get your room ready, I'll come back and get you so that you can be and live where I live. And you already know the road I'm taking. Luckily, Thomas asked the question because all the disciples were thinking, We we know how to go, we know the road. And then Jesus says, probably one of the most famous lines that he will ever say in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Thomas says, what what road are you talking about? Look what Jesus says. Jesus says, I'm the road. I'm the road. I'm the way. He's not just showing us the way, He is the way. And that's what He's saying to His disciples. He's saying it to us today. There is only one road to heaven. There are a lot of people on a lot of different roads. Only one road leads to heaven. There are a lot of opinions, there are a lot of sincere people that have ideas about their road. But salvation is found in one person. The person of Jesus Christ who tells us, look, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the road that you go on. That the road is a person. It's Jesus. And when we accept him into our life, we are on the right road. The way to heaven is not through keeping the Ten Commandments or following the golden rule or even coming to church. It's Jesus. That's the only way to heaven. He tells us that right here. Sometimes as believers, when we're sharing our faith, we feel, like, uh, we feel like we're just out there shouting our favorite ice cream flavor, right? We're Chocolate's the best. And then somebody says, no, vanilla, no, strawberry. Well, I like Rocky Road. And we try to convince them that chocolate is the best. Look, it's not up for debate. This is not ice cream. There is only one road There's only one way, truth, life. It is Jesus. And he gives us new, abundant, eternal life. He says, I am the only way. In verse 18, he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I mean, like I said earlier, the disciples are about to see something they never thought they'd see. They're going to watch Jesus die on a cross and they would be scared. They would be alone. They would be full of fear. They would feel defeated. And Jesus says, Look, I'm promising you, I'm not going to leave you. It may look really bad, but I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Jesus is saying that to you this morning. No matter how you feel, if you feel all alone today, if you feel defeated, know that jesus says i 'm with you right now you 're never going to be alone in fourteen twenty seven he says Peace, I leave you, my peace, I, I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. The number one command of Jesus is peace don't be afraid. In fact, every time he appears after the cross in his resurrection. Every time in every gospel he says this, peace be with you. Don't be afraid. Now Jesus would have used the word shalom. Do you know what the word shalom means? All is well. Peace. All is well. This is the blessing that God gives us. Jesus says, peace I give you. This blessing of peace that all is well. That even in the midst of trouble, even no matter what you're going through, because in this world you're going to have trouble, Even in the midst of that, all is well. We can say that when we know Jesus, when we have him at work in our life. And he's telling this on the last night of his life, so that we will remember no matter what we face, all is well. Jumping to chapter 15, verse 5, he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus is saying in this passage of Scripture, it's all about relationship. Stay connected to me. That I am the vine and you are the branches. As long as that branch is connected to the vine, the leaves, the fruit, everything has life. Because it goes all the way down into the ground and draws the nutrients. And so it has life as long as the the branch is connected to the vine. And he's saying, stay connected to me. Because if you're connected to me, you have life. But apart from me, there's nothing. It's death. You break that branch off the tree, it's going to die. The leaves, the fruit, everything is going to die. And so we have to stay in relationship and we have to stay connected. And he's saying, listen, no matter what happens, stay connected to me. It says in the next verse, in verse 13, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friend, to lay their life down. Jesus has already given the example in John 13 of washing someone's feet. He's saying, look, this is servanthood. This is giving your life away. And he says, there's no greater love than this, to lay down your life for your friends. And then look at verse 15. He says this, this is my favorite one. I have called you friends. Does that like blow your mind like it blows my mind, that God would call me his friend? I mean, we even sang it today in one of our songs, that he calls us friend. There's no reason for that, that God would call us friends, and yes, yet he does. The stunning phrase that Jesus says, I have called you friends, The people of faith are friends with God, that idea of relationship, once again, I'm with God, and I am his friend. And then you go to verse 16. He says this, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Look at that. You did not choose me, I chose you. This is really important. You didn't say to God, God, can I be your friend? It was God who said, hey, can I be your friend? That's what God asks everyone. Can I be your friend? I want you to think about that for just a moment because when you ask someone to be your friend, that's the one that's being vulnerable, right? I mean, you can be rejected. We didn't ask God to be friends. He asked us to be friends. He opened it up and he is willing even to be rejected in that. But let me tell you today, do not reject the invitation of God today to be his friend. Because that invitation is to you and to me. He loved you so much, he didn't want to live without you. And he chose you. You didn't say, God, let's be friends. He said, Daryl, I want to be your friend. And we're called to respond to that. Now, you may say, well, God is not inviting me to be his friend. You don't know my life. You don't know me. He would never ask me. Look, look at the room that Jesus is sharing these words in, right? His closest friend's. Those are, those are not the elite. I'll just tell you that right now. These are just a bunch of young guys, one of which has just betrayed him, right? So he, he's surrounded by these guys that the world thinks are imbeciles. They're always making mistakes throughout the gospel, and yet God says, I've chosen you to be friends, and you are going to do powerful things in my name. Because listen, it's not about you. It's about the one who chooses you. It's about his power. He knows who you are. He knows what he can do in your life. And he says, I choose you. The world may reject you. They may count you out, but God doesn't. He says, I choose you to be my friend. Don't let anyone count you out. Jesus chose you. Chapter 16, in verse 33, he says, I have told you these things, that you may have peace In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Now, we already read a verse like that, right? The idea of peace, that that all is well. But I like this one because it's it's ending in triumph. He's kind of coming to a conclusion of his talk. And now he's saying, I love this, he's saying, look, you are going to have trouble. There are going to be difficult days. Tomorrow is going to be a difficult day for the disciples. But it's going to be difficult. But look, I have overcome the world. I have already won. So, you know what? There are going to be difficult days, but look, you can say all is well because you know in the end you win. There is victory in the cross. There is victory in the resurrection. We have already won. So even on a tough day, we can say all is well. In the later part of Jesus's talk that night, he starts praying for his disciples and in essence praying for us and in Chapter 17, verse 26, says this in his prayer to the Father. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. When you look at the prayers of Jesus, and you even look at this verse, you see a covenant promise, a covenant relationship that he's saying with these words here, that I am with you, that I am for you, and I am in you. God's making that promise. He's praying it right there, that we will be with them, we will be for them, and we will be in them. That's what Jesus is saying right there. Now, we didn't read all four chapters. We kind of took the top ten hits, if you will, from those, uh, those chapters. But notice what Jesus is saying. It's going to come up on the screen, and I'm just going to have him leave it there for a while. What is Jesus saying to you today? What is Jesus saying to you through these verses? He's saying, I am the way. I'm the road. There are no other roads. Don't be afraid you can trust me. You're not alone. I love you and chose you. Stay close to me. You can live in peace. Take a look at that. We're going to keep it on the screen a little longer so that you can just meditate on that. Get that inside of your heart. What Jesus is saying through his words in these chapters to you and to me, I am the way. Don't be afraid. You can trust me. You're not alone. I love you and chose you. Stay close to me. Stay connected to me. Stay in relationship. You can live in peace. That all is well. I love that. The Bible says we can have peace that passes understanding. A peace that doesn't even make sense to the world. We can have that all is well. It's been a difficult year since last Easter, hasn't it? I'm going to tell you, it it may feel like you are lost and broken, and it may feel like death has overtaken you. You may be full of fear. But I want to tell you this, when you look at what Jesus said to us, this is what's so great about Jesus. It's not just that he's with us in the difficult times, because he is with us in difficult times, giving us peace. He says, yeah, I'm there. I'll always be there. But you know what's really great is that he's bringing his resurrection power to the dead things in your life. That it isn't just that, well, I'll be with you, and you're going to have a hard life, and I'll be with you, and it'll be okay. No, he's saying, look, there's a resurrection coming. There's a new day ahead. And so write this down. It's never too late for a miracle. You may feel like today that it is too late for a miracle. But I'm going to have you ask Lazarus, is it too late for a miracle? He's been dead four days in the grave. I'm looking around the room. No one's dead in this room, all right? He's been dead four days. The the King James Bible said he stinketh, that he was stinking in the grave, rotting in the grave, but it wasn't too late for a miracle. It's never too late for a miracle. You will be made alive again. There's always a resurrection coming. Listen, this is not the end of the story. Your loss is not the end. Depression is not the end. Divorce is not the end. Lack is not the end. The pandemic is not the end. COVID is not the end of your story. I want to tell you, you have a glorious end. He gives you life and power and resurrection. And when you go through difficult days, you still say, all is well. Because there is a resurrection coming. Now, you may say, well, Pastor Darrell, that's great for you. But you don't know what I've been through. Listen, Jesus was betrayed on this night that he's telling everybody these things. And you know what's interesting about that betrayal? It actually got Jesus to his destiny. Think about that. That even the difficult things that you go through, God is going to work in your life to bring it for good, for his glory. That even if someone has betrayed you, even if you lost something this last year, even if it doesn't seem like there's any way there is a miracle that will happen because Jesus says it, it's not the end of the story. We have the victory. It's already been won, the cross, the resurrection. You know what Jesus says? I love this here, John fifteen eleven. right in the middle of everything he's saying, I've told you this, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. I don't know about you, but when I look at what Jesus said on the last night of his life, all of a sudden joy starts coming to me that you know what, it's going to be okay. This isn't the end of the story. That there's something even more. That death isn't even the end of the story. Last night, uh, Tony Sutherland lost his father to COVID. And, and I don't know if you remember Tony, he's spoken here a few times. He did our marriage retreat. Uh, the last time we were able to have a marriage retreat, and uh, he and his wife came, and his dad died last night of COVID. And, and you know what he wrote on Facebook? He said, COVID, you lost. My dad's having the best Easter ever. You know, we well, think about it, right? His dad died, and he can still say, COVID, you lost, because my dad is in the presence of Jesus. There is always a resurrection. There is always hope. There's always a new day. This isn't the end of the story. This isn't the last chapter being written. There will be a day when the last chapter is written. And the only way to get on the good side of that is to take the road that Jesus says, I am the road. Take me. Go with me. I wear this tie every Easter. And I mention it every Easter. It's probably out of style by now, but I will wear it Every Easter, because it's the tie that I wore at my mom's funeral. And it reminds me on Easter Sunday that she's still alive, and then I'll see her again. There were a couple a uh, couple weeks after uh, we, we she passed and we had the funeral, and a couple weeks after that, Don Piper came to speak at church, who wrote 90 Minutes in Heaven. Such a, a powerful story, and uh, so he was here and, uh, I mean, we've known each other for years, and he had known my mom passed away, and he walked through the door as he came in the lobby the first time he saw me, and he gives me the biggest hug, and he says, Daryl, I'm sorry for your temporary separation. And I, I don't know what it was about those words, but I was like, yes. It's just a temporary separation. See, that's not the end of the story. It's not the end of the story for you. Today's not the end of the story. The end of the story is life ever lasting. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Everything that it cost, Jesus paid on the cross. And we need to remember that. And his resurrection gives us new life today. And so today, we're going to partake of communion, and we're going to remember everything that Jesus did for us. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me this morning? Jesus, we're so grateful for how you took that moment in time on the last night of your life, the night you were betrayed, the night you faced the cross, and yet you thought of us. You said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in the Father. Trust also in me. And so, Lord, today we respond in faith to you. We're going to partake in communion together, but before we do, I just want to give you an opportunity to to accept Jesus. I want to give you that opportunity to to take that road. There is no other road. There is no other way. This is that God chose us, that he loved us. Do you know from the very beginning of time, when, when he made creation, He wanted to be with Adam and Eve and walk in the garden. That's all God ever wanted was a relationship with his creation, with with you and with me. That's all God ever wanted. And yet, whether it be Adam and Eve in the garden or even us today, we have all chosen our own way. We have all done things that we know are wrong, and we still chose to do them, and those are things that separate us from an all-loving and an all-holy God. But you know what? God still wanted that relationship. He wasn't willing to just write it off. He loved you so much that he chose you. He loved you so much that Jesus came and he died on a cross for your sin. When you said, I'm going to do it my own way, he said, I will pay the price for your sin. And all he asks from us is to follow him to turn from our ways and instead of doing it our way do it his way the only way to get into heaven is to be 100% good and there is no one and I mean no one that is 100% good but the Bible tells us that we can be 100% forgiven made clean through the blood of Jesus that was shed for you and me on the cross that blood will never lose its power And so I'm going to ask you today to accept what Jesus did for you and allow him to wash you clean. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus was raised from the dead and today is that day, all you have to do is that. So would you just say these words out loud as a declaration of faith, to speak it with your your own words, and say, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. I turn from my sin. I now follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Jesus, thank you for washing us clean and making us new. And so now today, Jesus, we remember all that you have done for us through a song and through communion. We pray this in Jesus' name.